a million bucks a year is what you said you'd finish this year at, which means you're doing at least $83,000 a month. 83 grand times 12 is a million dollar run rate, right? So if you're not there yet, you know, to some degree, how far away you are. Are you only doing like 40, 50 grand a month right now? Or are you really close? Yeah. So we have, we have about 55% or 60% of the way to go. You are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Pedro Alves. He's building a company called Opal, which makes AI easy and valuable. He's been in the industry for 18 years. Some of that time was in academia and some in the industry as a data scientist. He's been struggling or he's seen the struggle that companies face when trying to get a return on investment with AI. And that is why he created Opal. All right, Pedro, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, absolutely. All right. So what what does Pedro do? And are you guys a pure play SaaS model? Yes. So I've, like you said, you know, I've been my whole career doing AI and trying to get companies to actually get a return on investment besides just PR, which is how most companies see AI today. And yeah, our company is software, right? So it's software that enables a user that's not very technical, a business end user, an analyst to build models that up to today would take, you know, a team of PhDs to actually build. And are you, so is it pure play SaaS or is it a lot of consulting as well? No, no consulting. Okay, so all soft, all SaaS, recurring fees. Yeah. Okay, and give me a general sense of what you're working with here, right? So on average, what's a company or customer going to pay you per year to use the technology? So it's we try to um, build in a way that incentivizes people to build more models to do more with AI. So initially, investors really wanted us to charge per model built, per project done. And that way... I think it goes back to the whole thinking, you know, the whole mentality of companies going, okay, we have these five projects. We only have money for two, which ones we choose. We didn't want that. So the idea is if we charge per user and say, you know, how many people are going to be using the software, a simple, you know, type of uh, user license, then they can build as many models and build as many projects as they want. So most companies are going to be in a six figure yearly engagement with us just because of the number of people they have got a few that are going to be in the, the five figure. And then we have a couple that are in the seven, low seven figure range yearly. But those are a lot of users, you know, bigger, bigger companies. Yep. Okay. So you're charging per users, like per seat. Is there any usage based upsell? No, we want okay. to incentivize the behavior of the more you do with AI, the better for your company, the better it is for us. Okay. So charge per seat, have some less than six figures, some more than six figures, but it sounds like a sweet spot might be called a hundred, 200 grand a year to use the technology. 
Yeah, for for a lot of companies, that's going to be the the size. Gift okay. Guarantee. So let's. The reason I ask that question is let's then go into your sweet spot. So if I am paying you hundred grand per year to use your technology, how many people are probably on my team? How many seats am I probably paying for? So uh, in in that range, that's going to be in the three to six person team. So that's still you know company could be a medium sized company, but you have a small little team of analysts or, or business developers, um, and and that's going to be the roughly given that range. Yep. Is there anything else you upsell against besides number of seats? Any feature-based upselling? So we are starting to talk to some customers about some beta products that we have that we haven't really advertised on the, on the website. Uh, things to do with unsupervised learning and a couple of other technologies that are really new out there. And so those are things that would be charged separately. They're you know, separate products within the platform, if you will. Mm-hmm. No, that, that obviously uh, makes sense, especially as a company matures. So, so what is that? I'm curious, you know, history here. What does it look like? When did you launch the company? Uh, close to three years ago. It was in the beginning of 2017. So getting close to three years. Okay. And how, uh, how, how between when you wrote the first line of code to your first dollar of revenue, how much cash did you sink into the MVP? So the MVP we got to very quickly. I had been thinking about this for a good five years before starting the company. So when we hit the ground running, officially, I had done a lot of the legwork, right? So we started officially in the beginning of February and we had a big demo day with an accelerator at the very, I think it was the last day of March or the very beginning of April. So it was like two and a half months and we had, I mean, granted what it looked like back then and what it looks like today, there's a big difference, you know, three people working on it for two and a half months versus today. But, but yes, technically we had that initial demo that we could do with a fully functional piece of software within three months. And so cash, I'm, I always like to get MVP cost, right? So you're talking like a hundred grand into the platform pre-revenue or 300 grand or a million. So I'm not measuring to, to revenue. I'm measuring to the, like you said, the MVP of the, the software, right? The first, yeah, no, that's my yeah. question, Pedro. How much cash did you sink into the platform building it before your first dollar of revenue? Before the first dollar revenue, so that first dollar revenue was still in the first year. Um, so I want to say less than a million dollars. Uh, it was in the six figures because the first check we got was in the first year uh, by summer probably. So I want to say let's ballpark it around uh, 500000 And most of that was develop, you know, these three developer salaries, folks like things like that. Yeah, that was the biggest cost. Uh, we had, we had a, a little few extra costs, you know, cloud costs. Uh, we had, a, you know, conferences that we went to, you know, but the majority of it ended up being uh, with salaries and then a little bit of hiring towards the end of the five months we started uh, actually growing the team a little bit. Yep. So where did you get this 500 grand pre-revenue? I mean, you, you, are you super rich? You just funded it yourself or you raised capital? No, I raised capital. So I started off with a $300,000 check from an accelerator, uh, accelerator group in Atlanta and then after what they, what they take for the 300 is like a YC model, like 100, 150 for 7% or what? Yeah, it was a percentage based. Um, okay. The, the uh, interesting thing was one of my advisors told me that that initial check was too small to basically, you know, you want to get a check that gets you long enough that you can get the next check. Right. And I had a phone conversation with him where I called him and he said, look, I've been thinking about it for one month. I finally am going to give you an opinion. He hadn't yet. And he said, I think you shouldn't take it. You need to wait till you get a bigger check because you're going to run out of money before you get your next investor to put money into you. And I, as, as he finished this whole thing and I said, 
uh, I actually called you to tell you I just signed the contract and I wanted to celebrate with you on the phone. And we had a fantastic conversation because it was still super valuable because of that advice, right? From day one, I knew I was going to run out of money. I trusted his advice and I said, okay, I'm going to start raising today, day one. And he was well, what was right. what was your burn at that time? So you raised 300 grand. How much were your, what were your total expenses at the time? It fluctuated a lot because we kept cutting salaries uh, in order to make it last. So it, that first, you know, we didn't raise again until uh, I want to say end of May or June. So it lasted about six months. Um, that 300. Okay, so, you're, so you're burning about $50,000 a month. Uh, yeah. I mean, it lasted us about six months. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, good. And then, so how much total today have you raised for the company? Uh, about 15 million. Okay. One five or five zero? One five. One five. Okay. Yeah. So you got on a funding track. You obviously keep raising. When was the last round? So we raised a uh, series A last year at the end of the year. Okay. And that was for how much? That was an $8 million uh, A round. Eight series A end of 2018. Okay. And yeah. why was 8 million the right amount to raise for you at the time? It was just doing the math of, you know, how many people we need to build a product to the stage that we need to get the product to so that we are selling um, at a faster pace, we're differentiated enough, and then obviously trying to measure the runway of when do we think we can raise Series B, right? What's the right valuation for Series B? How much uh, ARR we need and what we need to have with the product. So it was just getting all these measurements of when we think we can raise B, how much money we need to get to that point. And you know, that's, that's the math. So what is the question? I mean, what is the answer there? So 8 million was buying you about how many months of runway would you say? So the idea is always to be in the 12 to 18 month range okay. and then adjusting as you see, um, you know, as you see the burn, right. As you see what's happening to ARR and then having the, the pliability to adjust later if you need to, to get a little more or, you know, cut costs, et cetera. Um, for us, um, it was the interesting conversation around when is the company ready for series B and what are the measurements to get there right now, because the space of machine learning and AI is so hot, some of the math is not the count, the normal math, even for Silicon Valley with overinflated uh, valuations, I think AI is its own beast right now. So there's always the conversation of, do you assume that by the time you're going to raise B, the hype is still going to be there and those valuations are going to be like that. Or what do you think you have to get past to get a competitive series beat on in terms of revenue? How big do you think you have to grow on this 8 million? That's exactly the, the point of this conversation. So if we were in the normal space, I think to get to a good valuation, we would need to be in the four to 8 million ARR, maybe five to eight uh, to get the evaluation that makes sense. I think given the space that we're in and the exits that I've seen, Small, I'm talking about, you know, single digit ARR, how much companies are being sold for their valuations. I think it's more along the lines of one and a half to four, as opposed to four to eight to get to those valuations. But we're trying to be conservative, right? And we're trying to assume, let's not count on the hype being there when we raise B. And let's try to hit the numbers that are closer to normal, unhyped, if you will, valuations. So we're going to try to hit you know, those numbers that are more in line with other industries. And if, if the hype is there, we get an even bigger valuation, that's even better, right? So what do you, what do you, what ARR, I guess, would you consider a massive win if you crossed it by the end of this year? You know, we got three months, two, three months left in the year. What's the target? So our target for raising B is by the end of next year. 
Um, so you want to be north of like three or four million bucks in AOR by the end of next year? By the end of next year, yes. I want to be north of four. Okay. And what will you finish this year at? So this year, I think it's going to be around one. Okay, around one. And what were you, what'd you, finish, la- what'd you finish last year at? Uh, last year. So um, pre- prior to this year, the numbers were, I would say, inconsequential. I think we hit six figures barely. Okay. Um, so 2018, so- you did about, call it 100,000 bucks in revenue. This year, you'll break a million. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, so, I mean, obviously nice growth there. Now you said you raise 8 million bucks. Obviously you're managing for 12 to 18 months of burn. 8 million divided by 12 is about $600,000 a month in terms of total burn is what you could cover. Is that about what you're burning right now? Uh, that's a little over our burn. Um, and like I said, you know, it's 12 to 18 months. So uh, that, that's, our burn is not that high. It's a little, it's, it's close, but it's not that high. So you're talking about like 400 grand, something like that? Yeah, it fluctuates around there. Can you can you live with four hundred grand a month in burn? Like, can you sleep well at night, or does it make you nervous? Um, it's it's a very high number. It's <laughs> it's uh, high is relative you know, though. What high is relative? Oh, absolutely. For the space that we're in, I think it's not exorbitant. I think if you look at people that we're trying to compete with. And the estimated burn that they've had from the information I have, it's we're actually under. I would say um, the A round, uh, A round uh, series from uh, a lot of the competitors are higher. They require a lot of more money to get to the same AR that we're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, as as insane as it sounds to say that four hundred a month is is um, tame. I think we're, we're do, the, the amount of work that we're doing, the product that we're getting out there for the amount of money spent, I think we're certainly ahead of the industry. And how many customers are you serving today? Today, customers that we're fully engaged with, uh, either in pilot or, or above, it's about a dozen. Okay. Um, Post pilot full, then we're talking about a handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are if you're past a million or you're about to break a million bucks in a run rate, that's eighty three thousand bucks a month. Customers are paying on average about eight thousand bucks a month or hundred thousand dollars a year. That would be about ten to twelve customers paying that, right? So that's how you get your million dollar run rate. If we get to that point, and that's the hope. Yeah, There's yeah. Still I mean, quite a few contracts for us to sign that are in the pipeline, but not signed yet for us. What do you get- What are you at right now? Like last month, what was revenue? If it's not eighty three grand. Eighty. Oh. Um, so as of last month, let's see, we have, um, I, I can't, I can't, uh, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head what the monthly is for last month, but a lot of it, it's, we're basically this whole year, right, is, is end heavy, right? Almost everything is happening in Q4. Yeah, but like, little, you can give me some sort of like f- function, right? I mean, you know, a million bucks a year is what you said you'd finish this year at, which means you're doing at least $83,000 a month. 83 grand times 12 is a million dollar run rate, right? So if you're not there yet, you know, to some degree, how far away you are. Are you only doing like 40, 50 grand a month right now? Or are you really close? Yeah. So we have, we have about, I would say 55% or 60% of the way to go. But okay. with the pipeline that we have and finishing the pilots, we think we can hit it. Um, so you're doing about $40,000 a month right now in revenue across 12 customers paying about $4,000 a month on average. The, the number, the dozen, the 12, that's people that are not full customers yet. It includes people that are in pilots. How many full customers? A handful. Okay. Like, like how many, like f- five, six, three. Okay. Okay. Three. That's yeah. good. Well, that's helpful. Cause, cause what I was getting at is either you have less customers or your ACV is much lower. So what, what is actually the case is you've got less customers paying a higher ACV, but you have a lot of potential pilots that are going to close here potentially in the next quarter. That's the hope. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're doing call it 30, 40 grand a month right now in revenue. You have about 10 in pilots and you hope with closing some of these pilots before the end of the year, you get up to 80, 80 grand a month, 90 grand a month, something like that. Yeah. Good. I love that. How are you getting these customers? A lot of it is conferences right now. We're starting to turn on the uh, marketing machine just now. So we're ramping up on that. So inbound is not as high as we want it to be. Um, so, you know, we have a few good relationships with, um, VCs here in the Bay area that actually provide us a lot of, uh, introductions to companies. So that's one, uh, plug and play is, is one of those. They, they've been phenomenal at getting us meetings with customers. Were they the accelerator that put in 300 grand? Uh, no, they were not the initial accelerator. They came in later. Um, but they've been really, really helpful with getting customers. And then a lot of conferences and talks that I give and then people reach out saying, Oh, this sounds interesting. You know, what do you guys do? What are you selling? Uh, so it's still, you know, small scale, if you will, right. Introductions, meetings and conferences that is not obviously scalable. And that's why we're starting to, uh, invest into the marketing. How many people are on the team today? So we have about 22 people in the Bay Area and about 14 people outside the country. All full-time? Yeah. 36 then full-time. How many engineers? The majority, right? So let's see. We have about 12, 14, 10. I would say about uh, 24 out of the 36. Okay. And how many are quota-carrying sales reps? We have two. Two. Okay. So you're just trying to figure out how to scale that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still before, you know, scale, right? We're not there yet. We're still trying to figure out the formula, how to sell, right? All the the things that you need to understand to figure out what a sales process is like, how long it takes to sell, how to navigate a company to get a close, right? I think we're not there yet. So we're still not at the point that we want to scale because in order to scale, we need to have the answers to all those questions, right? Yep. Yep. Instead of going out and raising more equity capital, because you're going to keep getting diluted, right? If you do that, would you ever consider using debt? I, I looked into it. I talked to a couple companies that do that. I think that there's actually a few other interesting options uh, that I might look at, right? So there's now the potential to do, it's not a full IPO, right? But it's, there's a new regulation that allows you to raise capital through um, non-certified uh, investors, right? Yeah. You're talking reg A, reg B, reg D. Exactly. So I have a friend that actually did that and successfully raised 50 million. Uh, but he did caution me that it, it is a lot of work and a lot of time spent doing just that. A lot so, of legal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's family offices, which ends up being the same thing as a VC, but the difference is that they're a little, um, they're going to be a little more generous, I think, with the percentages. That's what I've seen in the past. Uh, the, yeah, but still, they're going to take equity. My point is, would you ever use debt, which is non-dilutive, to, right, to drive growth of a company? I don't think that the speed that we need to grow at is that, that, that just doesn't, the math doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. You need more cash than what any debt provider would give you. Yeah, it just, unless we were trying to just coast, which is not what we're trying to do, then we would go that route. But then the potential for the exit would be significantly lower, right? You increase the bottom, you, you decrease the risk by doing that. Uh, but you decrease the the potential for growth. Yeah. I mean, I get it. You, you are though. I mean, you, you, you know, there's a lot of founders that get into a lot of trouble by raising a head of revenue. I would put you in that category. I mean, your ARR to funding ratio is like 16 X, right? You're, you're not at a, actually it's more, it's more like 32 X, right? Half a million in ARR on 16 raised. I mean, you, the company you could argue should already be bigger than it currently is if you've deployed 16 million bucks to grow it. 
Oh, we yeah, absolutely. We haven't uh, deployed all that money, right? We still have quite a bit of cash in bank. Okay, um, like most but, of your Series A is still in the most eight million still in the bank. Uh, we still have a good amount of that. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. And um, of of the full fifty million we've raised so far, yeah. Um, the the point that I was going to say is, like I said, you know, in the space that we're in, like if you look at AI, there's the last two exits that I saw were in the range of the companies had between three and five ARR and sold for between three and four hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Tell right? me about tell me about two companies on the flip side that that raised as much and went out of business, had no exit. Uh, that's a good question. So um, let's see. The companies that I know that would be close to being in that position, that didn't happen yet. So yeah, nobody, it's, it's, it has happened, just nobody talks about it. So you don't no, know. No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's going to happen. They need a little more time for that to happen. I, I can see them going the path that you're saying. No, no, no. My, my point is though, founders do what you just did, which is you use the hyper successful comps and you never look at her. Many times they're not even aware of the hundred companies that died to get those two winners that you just quoted. Right. Okay. Fair enough. The, the examples that I know of the failures that you're asking for, a lot of them are going to be, they've raised a ton less money. They fail much sooner. So they actually never got the chance to deploy nearly that much money because they failed when they were still two, three people. They raised maybe, you know, less than a million dollars. And then there's dozens and dozens of failures there. The examples, I thought you were asking of examples of companies that actually raised at least double digit millions and then they failed. And for those, I think if we wait a year, we're going to have a couple of those stories because I can see already the companies that are massively overinflated on the valuation and the amount raised with, uh, in comparison to the revenue. I'm talking about you know between 50 and 300x if you're doing that math that you did. Um, and then when you start getting to those numbers of like two, 300x, um, I don't think they can dig themselves out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you raised 8 million, right? If you gave up, let's say aggressively 20% of the company, right? That's putting you at a $40 million pre-money valuation, right? 40 million divided by half a million in ARR is an 80X multiple. You could argue you are one of the overinflated AI companies that has raised a ton of money relative to your ARR. Um, I think the difference is that at the A round, the expectation for revenue in some industries is not the same. I most A round companies have zero revenue. So then it's infinity uh, multiple. Well, that's, right? not, that's not true. No, it is. It absolutely is. No, I can, tell you, space, I, can tell, I can tell you that is not true. I have met, I, I have interviewed a significant portion of AI companies that have raised series A and the, the valley, majority and the majority, well, you, can, you can keep adding qualifiers and say in the Valley, in my town, in my building, right. To narrow it down. But I'm telling you, that is not an excuse. There are plenty, there are the majority of series. Oh, a companies no, I'm not making revenue. an excuse. I'm just saying the, and, and I agree with you. The, the qualifier of the Valley is, I think that the, the, the point of view that investors take, because I, I spoke to investors from Boston, Austin, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, New York. And the reason I made the qualifier is that the approach to investing that most of these other cities have is actually very different. They're, they're looking at ARR much sooner. Um, and so the potential for growth for the company is different. They're not looking to get, you know, a unicorn and they're, they're looking to get more reasonable growth, more reasonable numbers when it comes to businesses. And so you're correct. If you look at the whole country at a round for the whole geography, yes, a lot of them, if not the majority do have uh, revenue in, in the a round, 
but but that's a different beast and i think they're looking for something different and the types of companies that they grow into is they become different types of companies yeah well, we'll see what happens i mean just for context you're burning in a month more than what your total revenue annual run rate is right now. I think we'll leave it at that and move on and wrap. I hope you drive growth, by the way. I'm not rooting against you, but I just want to call a spade a spade. You've raised yeah. a lot of money relative to the revenue you have. Now you just double out of that in the bank, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's scary. And it's something that we're working on fixing, you know, every, every single day. I guess yeah. I wouldn't use the word fixing, growing into. Yeah, you got to grow into it. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five quick answers. If you can, number one, favorite business book. Um, Favorite business book, Dr. Seuss, uh, he, <laughs> all the places you'll go. I think the analogies you can make between that book and what a startup life is are amazing. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I like uh, Ben Horowitz. And now, I mean, he's now CEO. I mean, well, more of an investor, right? That's most of his role, but he's done that before. But I, I really like how he views the importance of cultures and companies. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Favorite online tool? I like uh, the Google suite. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, probably about five. Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, kids? Uh, married, kids. How many kiddos? Four. Wow, you're a busy guy. How old are you? I'm 37. 37. Last question, what do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Exactly what I did know because you know you mess with the past you change the future and I like where I am today So I certainly don't want to change if I change my past self. I might not be here today Opal.ai guys making AI easier to understand they've got about three customers paying $14,000 a month doing about $40,000 a month right now in revenue with eyes on a million bucks in terms of run rate with about 10 pilots right now We'll see if they close founded the company in 2017 today They've raised about 15 million dollars total burning caught 400,000 ish per month. That's net burn. 36 people on the team, 24 engineers, two folks are in the sales space. If they look to continue to scale, potentially do another raise here uh, in the upcoming quarters. Uh, Pedro, we're rooting for you, man. Good luck. Thanks for taking us to the top. All right. Thank you.